Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. How do you feel as two highly motivated and career-driven women, how has motherhood affected your mental health? <laughs> oh, jeez. I mean... <laughs> They turned me crazy. You got like I just they turned me nuts. I mean, these I I don't know. Like it when I think of motherhood, it is just the range of emotions, right? Like the highest highs when they're so sweet and so like mom like Rin will just say randomly, like, you're a great mom, and you just melt, right? But then, as I said, as I'm scrubbing marker off the full body of my two-year-old, you know, I'm like, what the hell? Like, so it's just maddening and also like majestic. Welcome to That's a Hard No, the podcast about saying no and setting boundaries to help you become the authentic and empowered you that this world needs. I'm Heather Drago. And I'm Sarah Saunders. For those of you returning, thanks for sticking with us. We appreciate you and we're glad you're finding our content helpful. For those of you who are new, welcome and thanks for joining us. We're excited to have you here. Feel free to jump in with this episode, but be sure to go back and listen to our first episode to learn why we're here. A quick reminder, while Sarah is a licensed professional clinical counselor, this podcast is in no way a replacement for one-on-one therapy with a mental health professional. If you are struggling with mental health issues, we welcome you on this journey, but also invite you to seek out professional help. Go to this episode's page on our website and click the link to find a therapist near you. With that said, let's get started. The day has finally come. I have literally been counting down the hours to this interview. We are here with a longtime friend of mine, Raquel Kelly, and her co-host, Kristen Schneider of Mom Goal, a 15-minute podcast designed specifically for moms. They chat with leading experts to provide their listeners with physical, emotional, and financial tips to educate moms and encourage them to put themselves first. Before we dive into learning more about their platform and how their podcast came to be, I wanted to share a little bit about each of them. Raquel and Kristen met as producers at E! Entertainment and are now both moms. They candidly share that after having kids, 
it makes the chaos of the TV industry look like a cakewalk. As I mentioned, Raquel and I have been friends for over a decade. She is actually who I blame for my love of tequila. Oh, boy. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I won't get into all the details. We all our- have one of those friends, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm not going to get into all of the details from our vacation to Hormosa Beach, but just know it involved a lot of tequila, which we drank out of plastic Disney kids water bottles on the strand. For over a decade, Raquel was a producer for E! Entertainment on shows such as Live from the Red Carpet, Sports Soup, and Fashion Police. Fun fact, she was also Kim Kardashian's assistant on the Oscars red carpet, and Chunk from the Goonies is her lawyer. Raquel, her husband, and her two adorable girls are currently living back in Ohio. In addition to being a wife and mom, Raquel is the Director of Communications at Makeway, which is a web developer and digital agency in Columbus and New York. She is also a writer and a podcaster. Kristen is a Midwest boy mom of two, which I can relate to as a mom of three young boys. Her two boys are wild and keep her on her toes. She's been in Columbus for 11 years, working in marketing, and in December took a much-needed strategic sabbatical, which she'll share with us more about, to invest more time into herself, focus on her boys, and her passions for mom goal. Fun fact about Kristen is she worked for Topanga from Boy Meets World and, you guys ready for this? John Mayer introduced her to her husband. So I, like I said in the beginning, I am beyond thrilled to have both Raquel and Kristen here with us today. So thank you again so much for taking the time to be on our podcast. Thank you for having us. We're so excited to be here on another yes. show, right? Yes. So you guys, you guys get to run it all and, and do all the work and have yeah. to edit us. It's fun. It's fun. <laughs> you can relax and chat. That's right. Yeah, very yeah. nice to meet you, ladies. I've been binging your podcast, as I told you, and oh, um, awesome. it's, I've been really enjoying it. So learning a lot. Oh, so good to meet you guys, too. Thank you for having us. Yes. <laughs> Of course. So I know our listeners, me included, are dying to know what was life like in the entertainment industry? Mm, 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 mm. Gosh. I mean, it's kind of a lot like motherhood, except without the children. Um, (laughs) It it just like added celebs. So sleepless nights. um, You would the night of award shows, I would sleep at the office. We would find like our favorite couch or we'd bring air mattresses. Um, so we'd work till about four in the morning and then I'd have to be up at like five 30. Joan Rivers would arrive for the show. So it was insane. So it would be really crazy two days, but then you'd get a day off like on a Tuesday and then, you know, the rest of the week you could coast, but it was like a level 20, um, on award show days, especially. So 
it was nuts. And, but it was great for our twenties. I'm sure Kristen yes. can attest. It was oh my like gosh. an awesome early twenties experience. Oh, for sure. Uh, when I, when I first moved out to LA, it was in 2016. I'm going to date myself. And, uh, I'm sorry. It was in 2006. Whoa. Um, when I graduated from college, moved out and it was like the real world because my best friend, my best friend, Erica and I lived with four guys in a townhouse in a three bedroom townhouse in, in Burbank, California. And, you know, we worked hard. We all worked at E, but we all, you know, had a good time afterwards. It was, it was great. Yeah, it was, it was, I mean, I can't even remember half of the stories because there were so many, but it was, it was awesome. But you didn't think twice. I know Kristen and I worked um, on Live from the Red Carpet. That was the first show we Mm -hmm. worked on together. And I remember Oscars, we logged a hundred hours in a week and it was just like normal. We had no weekends off from December through March. Yeah. Um, it was a lot, but what else were we going to do? You know, now I have two kids and I couldn't even fathom living that yeah. life. Hence why right. I live in the Midwest now. Yes. Well, and it's so crazy too, because you talk about like those work hours, those long days. And I don't know if this happens for you guys, but it's like, I can have long work days still and I'll have shorter work days when I'm just at home with the kids. It's harder being home with the kids during those short hours than it is working like a 60-hour work week without kids. Hands down. Um, you guys, I'm not going to lie. I have my caffeine handy right now because I last week, the kids' school was closed because of a COVID I don't even know if somebody tested positive, whatever. People had symptoms and we closed. So trying to work from home with two toddlers is like impossible. And then you don't get a weekend as a mom, right? It's like, it's like it just carries into the weekend. So I'm just tired. I'm tired from last week. I'm tired. And (laughs) these kids, they give it to me all the time. They serve me a humble pie non freaking stop and they are like work is a vacation they are the hardest job i will ever have mm-hmm. ever have. yeah ever so yeah it's the juggling it's the juggling and the it's changing juggling. gears back and forth back and yes. forth and it it's yes. just causes so much brain fatigue yes. Oh, yeah yes i mean last night my husband i was like trying to take a little bath okay while paw patrol is on like okay i get like 15 minutes let me let me decompress. And then I, Kyle just walks up Nev who has black all the way. She colored herself with marker, both arms. And he's just like, <laughs> here you go. Get in the tub with mom. I'm like, okay. Like there's, there's my calming bath, right? Like scrubbing marker <laughs> off Nev. So yeah, they are, there's something. <laughs> never, never a dull moment. Never it a does, dull moment. Does keep us on our toes. Yeah. So I'm curious, kind of, as far as the entertainment industry, do you have any memorable like celebrity encounters that you'd be willing to share? Yeah, well, okay. So the fun part about living in LA that I've probably missed the most second to the weather um, is just the the fact that you could, you never know who you're going to run into, Mm -hmm. you know, just going to the supermarket, you could see a big celebrity and it's crazy, but it's kind of cool. So I always looked forward to that. But 
working at E, we had its perks. Um, there was this one time I was working on a, a show. It was it was a radio show, but they taped it, and it was like it was called Michael Yo Yo at Yo on E, and I was in charge of the audio, so I had a lavalier mic, and they're like, "Okay, Enrique Iglesias is our guest today." So you know, go mic him up, and I'm like, uh, "Okay." So I got to put you know the lavalier. I'm mic getting goes, sweaty as you're like, like telling like, the hand story. Up the shirt. Are we talking hand up the shirt? Hand up the shirt. This is Ooh. it was. Okay. It was a great day at work. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, bailamos, Enrique Iglesias. Like, that is probably my favorite celebrity hands-on moment. Sure. <laughs> I mean, can we blame you? Can we blame you? Oh, he's gorgeous. In person, too. Wow. Wow. I would have just like froze. I don't even know what I would have done. Oh, I was sweating. I literally had <laughs> I literally had pit stains because I was so nervous. But um, but I I did a good job. He sounded well, great and he smelled good too. And with those like <laughs> celebrity sightings, like did you feel like you always had to make sure that you like looked cute? Like I just think of like if I'm gonna run out somewhere right now, like and I'm just in the Cleveland area. I'm just kind of like, you know what? Mom life, hair on the top of my head. I don't know if I brush my teeth or not. Like spit up on my shirt. Like I right, feel like right. if back in the day, like you wanted to make sure you looked presentable if you were going to have a run in. Oh yeah. You just never knew. You never knew. At E, I feel like at E, we always dressed, we dressed up a little bit. I mean, it was we jeans, did. but we, you know, we dressed, we dressed a nice little, little clubbish at times. Um, it was judgy there. I mean, you, it was, to, <laughs> you had to look good because I you mean, get I called think, out if you did not. That's like, true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. I would think Joan Rivers kind of had a tight fashion ship going. Oh, like, oh, like you had to. Half of the staff were these the gay, they were these gay, fabulous men. So if you wore something like. I can remember I had got a really bad dye job. Um, the girl like put, instead of low lights, they came out like super dark and I just walked right into work and I can remember they'll be like, did you just take a shower? Like what <laughs> happened to your hair? I mean, like you, you would get called out if you looked rough. So yeah, you had to kind of step up your fashion game there. <laughs> I would say my, in terms of like favorite celeb run-ins, um, first when I started on the red carpet, so we'd have to like hold the cue cards for Seacrest, right? Oh, and yes. I would say like Clooney, seeing Clooney in mm -hmm. the flesh or Tom Hanks, um, the A-list of the A, they yeah. are always the best. They're the nicest. They're decent humans. It's the D-list who <laughs> are even worse than D, you know, they're the worst. Um, fun fact uh, D-list people always show up early to the carpet because um, they know they'll get on camera and like you have no one else to interview. So um, that's a fun fact. If you're up and coming, get to the carpet early because we don't have anybody <laughs> else to interview. Um, but then the A-list, you wait, they wait until the very end. So you're yeah. rushing to get like Brad and Angie, you know, at yeah. the very end. Um, so I think Clooney and Hanks were my favorite, like, nice. oh my gosh, you know, in person. But the only time I've ever been starstruck to this day, <laughs> um, do you, do you guys watch wrestling at all growing up? Like, no, professional, no, just me. Okay. Um, <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. My dad used okay. to put it on. Yeah. Okay. 
So I watched it with my brother growing up and Stone Cold Steve Austin was a host of Sports Soup and I had to get him coffee. And I can remember I was shaking, like shaking, giving him his, I had never been like that. Like I said, I met these really big people and I was just like, okay, that's cool. Stone Cold Steve Austin, you guys, I just. (laughs) I froze. I lost my mind. So that is literally the only time I've been starstruck is over Stone Cold. Um, but I adored him. So were you surprised with that reaction? Like, did you yeah. was that your big celebrity crush? Or were you kind of like, <laughs> why is my body responding like this right now? Kind of surprised, but I guess I like I just I like adored him, not in a crushy way, but like holy shiz like this is stone cold oh my god like I felt like even my brother like he would be freaking out that was it you guys I've just been starstruck over stone cold Steve Austin so yeah yeah I can't you can't you can't fight the heart what the heart wants I mean that's just I love that yeah that's just how I reacted that's great yeah So I know, Raquel, that you had both of the girls while you were still living in LA, which quickly kind of like ignited your decision to make the big move back to the Midwest to be closer to family. So can you like elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah. So um, even after one child, um, I was like, I think we can still do this. My husband, we'd always said, oh, we don't really want to raise kids in LA. But when reality comes, it's hard. It's hard to be like, okay, well, I've worked in this industry my whole life. What is it? What does a job look like in the Midwest for me? You know, and so logistically, it's tough. And I feel like with one, you can tag team it, right? Like you can get a break and split the duties. And I just, I was good. I, I, I still enjoyed it. I loved our life out there at the beach. Um, but then number two came. And I always said, oh, just let me see what it's like with two. Like, just wait till the baby comes. And let me tell you, we had help those first couple weeks with family, staying out. And then I think it was week six where um, Kyle had to go on a business trip. And I was alone for like four days with a 20-month-old and a a six-week-old. And Kyle came, he's like, so when would you want to move to Ohio? Are Are you open to it? I'm like... Monday, I go Monday. Like, <laughs> yeah, I can't do this. And I think Mom. it all changes. I just felt like I was drowning. And so I didn't care about my career. I didn't care about what the hell I was going to do. I just wanted help. I just mm-hmm. wanted mm-hmm. any family around me to be able to, to just let me take one child or, mm-hmm. you know, I just needed help. I just mm-hmm. needed help. And I was drowning. And so all of the logistics, I didn't care about. I'm just mm-hmm. like, that just, just get me out. So that's kind of how it came to be. Now, did you feel like you had to give yourself permission to kind of like shift? Because I think sometimes when we have our mindset on something like I am a career driven, this is what I want to do. Did you feel like you had a hard time kind of just telling yourself, you know what, it is okay for me to need help as a mom and to not continue down this path that I thought I had for myself. I don't think I was rationally thinking it through. Mm. I think I was just in new mom haze and in survival mode. Mm -hmm. So 
I wasn't even thinking. I just was like, I can't, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. It hit me later once we had moved to Ohio, right? And all of the adrenaline rush of like getting every move, everybody moved and the kids across the country. And then I'm living with my parents, right? Like I, I'm like, it was then as I'm in my childhood bedroom, you know, <laughs> as a 33 year old going, what have I done? Like, what yeah. have I done? I don't know where we're going to live. Like what that is when it all sunk in the feelings, right? The like, Oh, sorry if I'm in a cuss. Like, oh, shit. Sorry, not the first. Like, what have I done? Like, I know I wanted this. I know this is right, but this is going to get hard. Mm -hmm. You know, the reality is setting in. Well, and I love hearing you were just in that moment. I mean, I'm sorry that you were struggling, but I also, (laughs) I love that you you were just kind of like, this is, I know that this is what I need because I think a lot of our listeners, like, and one of the things I try and remind people, like, you are allowed to change your mind. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we have it in our head that like, this is the plan. And Kristen, I don't know if you can relate, but it's like, we have our ducks in a row. We're going to figure it out. Even if we're miserable, we're going to do the thing because that's what we set out to do. So you were kind of like, you know what? Mentally, emotionally, physically, I know that this is not what I can continue to do and sustain doing. So let's go back and be with family. Yeah. And Kristen, your plans were kind of same thing, kind yeah. of short in LA. Yeah, definitely. Um, so like I said earlier, I moved out there in 2006 and really 2008 and 2009 were the turning points for me. I mean, in the back of my mind, to be fully honest, I always knew that I would, would somehow end up home because I would, I wanted to raise a family and have a family. And I always knew like Ohio is where my roots are. I'm from Cleveland. And I just always knew that I would find my way home. And I thought I would, I thought I would stay out in California a little bit longer, but life had different plans. And, um, in 2008, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer and that was the hardest diagnosis to hear on the phone, her telling me this, you know, this was even before like webcams and like FaceTime and, and those things like that was still kind of not around. So just hearing her voice on the phone and I just still, I still remember how I felt that day. I will never, ever forget that moment. And then being, what was, I'm sorry to, to can you like yeah. take us there? Like what thoughts were like going through your Oh mind? my gosh. It was just like the last thing I had expected. I thought it was just, you know, check in with my mom. And then like, I had no idea. And I think, uh, you know, now looking back, my parents did the best decision that they could and wanted to find out all the facts before they, they shared that knowledge. And I know that they didn't want to share it over the phone, but being, you know, thousands of miles away, that was the only option. And at that point, it really was like, opened my eyes to how short life is Mm. and family means the world to me. Mm -hmm. Um, so really between, between 2008 and 2009, I, I came home a lot. So I was able to like come home. I was able to go through, go to a chemo treatment with my mom. Um, I was, I was home for the surgery and I got to be a part of those moments, but I, I missed out on some other moments that I still to this day feel guilty of like when she had to shave her head because of the chemo excuse me. Um, it's okay. And you know, it was, it's something that, that those moments were like, I really wish I, I would have been there. So I always knew that I needed to find my way home. And that, and there was a couple other events that happened. Um, 
my grandmother passed away. I lost a close friend. So there was a lot, oh, a lot wow. of stuff oh going gosh. down between 2008 and 2009 that really brought me home. And I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, my mom is doing great. She is cancer free. She Yay. is, Yay. she is, she is the light of my life. I love her. To, I love her to death. And, um, I love being, you know, I'm in Columbus. So I'm two hours away now, but it's just, it's so comforting to know that like I'm a car drive away versus like a expensive plane ride where if mm-hmm. I need to get home, I can get home and I'm, I'm closer and I'm always there for her. And she's been coming down and helping me out a lot. I've had some health things, but not good when I'm doing better, but she's been my rock and coming here for me. So it really just opened my eyes to how important family is. And I'm so happy that I made that decision. I love the Midwest. I miss LA. Don't get me wrong. I loved it there. But I learned a lot and I'm I'm glad that I um I'm back home. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. That I mean, I'm mm-hmm. sure there's listeners that can relate and your story is is just it's so touching. Do you ever notice yourself kind of like when shit gets tough, you're kind yeah. of like, but I've been through that. Yeah. And honestly, for me, I mean, it was an emotional roller coaster, but gosh, my mom and and anybody that has to go through like the actual person that has to go through chemo and treatments and scary stuff like that. Like my heart goes out to them because like, really it's, it's harder on them. I mean, it was an emotional roller coaster for me because I was far away, Mm. but, um, but you're right. I guess, I guess I, I kind of go into that, that like, you know, we are, we're all strong and we're, you know, we're more powerful than we think. And, mm-hmm. and I just, I've, I've always been a positive person. So I just go back to that, like positivity of like, we're going to get through this, stay strong. You know, I don't know. <laughs> it helps when you have a good home base too. Like, yeah. like you can be strong. Cause you know, you have your tribe around you to like hold you up and, you know, have your back. So exactly. yeah, I was listening to your story and I was thinking about when we told my daughter, about my cancer. And um, it is, it's, it's, there's a lot of weighing. When do you tell, you know, and she, she was at, you know, living the life, living the dream at college. And we, but we also knew the pandemic thing was starting to happen. And so we kind of wanted her to enjoy college while she could. And we did the get all the facts before we lay it on her and we waited yeah. till she came home so I could tell her in person. And it's hard. It's hard to know when to tell somebody it's, right. it's you know, um, and it's hard to be the recipient of the news. Like it's just, there's, <laughs> there's nothing easy about it. So and yeah. there's never a right time. Like there's right. never going to yeah. be the perfect moment or the right time to do it. Yeah. And, and what's so interesting, Heather, is like you are affected, but your maternal instincts, you're still worrying about your daughter and how do I, you know, Mm -hmm. relay this message and how do I take care of her? You know, how do I make sure she's okay? Even though you're the one going through it. Well, it was true with everybody. Everybody I told, I spent, I, I, I found myself giving more energy to worrying about their feelings about how they were receiving the news then. Mm -hmm. And so I was comforting them every time I told someone. And I, we talked about this in our pilot episode, but I ended up using this thing called caring bridge because emotionally I couldn't handle the strain of taking care of everyone else at the same time I was trying to take care of myself. So like the initial family members that I told I was fine being there for them and like, you know, 
I told Jen, my best friend, like she broke down and cried in the car and I was just like, well, you know, it's okay. It's okay. And I mean, I, of course, when you receive that news, you're going to have emotions. That's just the way it is, you know, that's, you know, so, but it's nice that you're, you're, we both have found your, your home base. So you're back here in Ohio and, um, and living a different dream. That's right. Exactly. That's right. (laughs) Well, and so I'm curious, like what have been your biggest challenges or any unexpected obstacles you've faced moving from the West Coast to the Midwest? Um, I think for me, as I said, it felt, it felt right personally, you know, Mm -hmm. it felt right as a family. It felt right okay, I want to give my children a home with a yard like I grew up with, you know. Um, But professionally, it was difficult. Um, And that was the biggest hurdle is going, what the hell am I going to do now? Like I worked in TV, what, you know, what am I going to do? But you find your way. I think it was super humbling because LinkedIn was created while I was working. I mean, I was there for like 11 years. So I didn't even have a resume. I didn't have, I had nothing. So, you know, it was really starting over and starting from scratch. And so I think that also led into my postpartum depression was like, not only where am I going to live, but like putting yourself out there again and getting rejected is not a fun feeling you know, and I hadn't experienced that. So that was probably the toughest part of it for me was having to go out there and be vulnerable and apply for jobs. So that was, it was difficult. Would you, Raquel, be willing to share a little bit about the postpartum depression? Because I actually, um, so as you know, I had my third and I actually was diagnosed with a late onset of postpartum depression. And here I thought that it was, and, and it's kind of that the chicken or the egg type of thing. Is it situational? Is it, you know, COVID related? Is it the fact that I have a child that's not sleeping and two toddlers and growing a business, but I'm curious what that experience was like for you. So for me, um, actually when I was in Los Angeles, yes, it was hard, but I didn't have the, the, the depression feelings yet that happened in Mm -hmm. Ohio. Mm -hmm. Um, y'all think may think I'm kooky, but I swear by, um, encapsulating your placenta. So I, I did it for both. And so I, I took placenta pills. And of course, by the time the three months was up, that ran out when I was in Ohio, it just Mm -hmm. helps regulate the, the hormones and balance things out. So that I feel like really helped me in the beginning. Um, once I got back to Ohio, as I said, it all, it all sunk in. Right. And all you were going through major life changes, major, major life changes. I would say I, I, there was no joy. So when she would smile, when she would laugh at me, there was no joy going back to her. I was numb. And I would say before in LA, I could reciprocate in Ohio. I was numb. I think we're good at kind of hiding. I don't think our husbands or our partners get how bad it is. Um, Mm -hmm. And then finally, you know, when I told Kyle, like, I 
go to bed and I don't want to wake up tomorrow. You know, like I don't want to wake up. I want, I just want to sleep forever. He's, that's when he was like, oh, okay. Mm. Like we, um, you know, I had a doctor that I talked to years before and that's when he's like, all right, let's, let's talk with Dr. G, you know? And I'm like, let's, let's do that. So it, it was the feeling of like numbness of, I don't want to do this. I'm not, I'm not good at this. I can remember my parents, my parents knew I would like do a Pinterest project. Like I've made handprint pumpkins and I, I would just be screaming at the kids, right? Like I would just be yelling because they're making a mess. And I can remember my dad being like, what? This is supposed to be happy. And nothing was happy for me. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. a stupid Pinterest project pissed me off and <laughs> infuriated me. Like yeah. nothing gave me joy. Even this sweet baby that once had the, in the early weeks did give me joy, nothing was giving me joy. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't something that I could just wake up the next day and like meditate or work out and it's better. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like that. I cannot thank you enough for sharing that. And I can relate on so many levels. I, you know, got to a point where like, I just did not feel like myself. And there's a difference of like, okay, postpartum, like you're still getting used to everything. But it was like, I I had the same conversation with my husband, Justin, because he was just like, what's wrong? And I was like, I don't know. Like I was getting the workouts in, eating the foods, drinking the water, getting fresh air. And again, I have three beautifully healthy boys. Um, I'm my career is taking off, the practice is taking off. And it was like it just didn't feel I I just felt so sad and I felt a lot of anger. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that people talk enough about that the anger piece is a huge red flag. Mm -hmm. And and so part of the reason that I love your guys's podcast so much and I want to talk more about it, but it it just gives moms a safe place to know that they're not alone and to really recognize that like, it's okay to feel the way that you're feeling. It doesn't mean that anything's wrong with you. It doesn't mean that you're a bad mom. It just means that you're human. Yeah. And that's where Mongol, honestly, it, that's where the idea came from. So Gosh, I want to say in September or October of 2018, in my, in my, the, the thick of the postpartum depression, I had a major, major breakdown one night, just like, um, you know, where you just let it all out, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the ugly all, cry, the, the, ugly, snot, the, yep, uh, yeah. the begging, <laughs> like help, 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 yeah. I, you know, yeah. help. And the next morning, I woke up after I had just cried for help the night before, and this word came into my head. I was reading a Susie Orman book, and I, I was like, mogul, but mom, mom, mogul, mogul. You can ask my parents. I started saying it. My dad's like, huh? What? Like, what? what are you trying to say? I'm like, like a mongol, not like a mogul, but like a mom who wants, and he's like, okay. Like, I always had these ideas, and he's like, all right, sweetie. And I was like, they, I need, we need a community like it, it this it, it came from the depths of being broken to just mm-hmm. the next morning waking up with like a word in my head going huh and I you know I'm like 
domain name. Okay. Oh, it's open. Okay. Let me get that. I didn't know what it was, but it just came to me. And I feel like it's that intuition and that energy, like mm-hmm. whoever we think is speaking to us, whether yeah. it be God or whatever that is, it, it just gave me that little light that I needed. Mm-hmm. And so that's how Mongol came to be about wanting to create a space that is focused on us and knowing that like we, in my work on the postpartum depression, we have to focus on us first. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, it goes against our nature. It goes against everything. Heather, you, right. Even when you had cancer, you're wanting to take care of everybody else. It, right. it goes against our, our internal makeup, but mm-hmm. we have to, we have to take care of us first. And so that's how mom goal was born. Well, and we talk about all the time, you know, that oxygen mask, putting our oxygen mask on first before helping others. And I will say that, and I don't know, I'm hearing you say, Raquel, that like the podcast, the Mom Goal podcast had been the light that you needed to kind of light your way out of that depression. Mm -hmm. And I'll say that's what happened when Heather sent me (laughs) a message. It was two o'clock in the morning. I had opened up my... um my email while I was breastfeeding a child that I'm still like, like, I'm raising you. I'm not really feeling this. I don't really know what's happening. And, and I was like, that's it. Like, that is my ticket. Like, this is a passion project that I could be doing for me. I don't know if you guys, you know, dabble with like Enneagrams or not, but are you no. familiar with Enneagrams? No. I, oh, I mean, I've heard goodness. of it. But I, I, We're going to have to take one so we know. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I'm a two um, wing three and but I'm a helper. And so I was like, how can I get more information out into this world? How can I, like you guys, educate people so that they they have the tools that they need to navigate these hard situations and to just know that they're not alone? Mm-hmm. And so I can... And I love that, that, you know, just like you, Raquel, this podcast had lit my way. I love that. It's, it's funny too, because the, this podcast came out of a, like a a breaking in a way Mm -hmm. too. Like I hit a moment at the end of 2018, beginning of 2019, where I was just like completely burned out. Like this is not my life is not working. Something's really, really wrong here. And I need to just, I need to start saying no to everything. And so I kind of like what you're talking about with the postpartum and, and taking care of yourself first, that means you have to set all these boundaries and you have to say no to all these other things and really focus on yourself. So um, I think it's, it's kind of, kind of great parallel in a yes. way. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yes. It's it's really hard to do, but it's also very liberating. To- yes. It's, it's a, yours it's- because it's yours. Like this is your baby. This is yours. And no one can take yeah. that away from you. You know, yeah. Which yeah. is very cool. Yeah. And so Kristen, for you, I want to ask that same question. Like what was your biggest challenge or unaccept- unexpected obstacle that you faced moving from the West Coast to the Midwest? Yeah, I guess I would say it was the same. Um, Very similar to Raquel's in that moving from LA back to Ohio, you know, we were working like fun jobs in at E, like on red carpets, like total, like different lifestyle. So then moving back and trying to get into a similar like product producing production and 
the options aren't as many as, as abundant, as abundant as they are in LA. Um, you know, there's really some great production studios and houses, but, um, I couldn't get into one. I'll be honest. Like I, I interviewed at a couple of the big ones. I really put my name out there and it just didn't work out. And you know that I, I always think of that, like those, re- that rejection, like kind of like my no means next is like, okay, well, what is next for me? And that's when I fell into marketing. Um, very similar to production, you know, you have to be organized, um, a lot of project management, you know, very similar, very similar structures as like the television production being behind the scenes and managing things as it is in, you know, project management and marketing. So I was fortunate, fortunate to find, um, a lot of amazing women and leaders that I looked up to that kind of took me under their wing and learned a lot from them and was able to, um, you know, extend my career into, into that field. I always suspected a, a production management, like in marketing was similar to production of in the entertainment industry. I've always, I've always thought that, but it's so gratifying to hear someone actually <laughs> who knows what they're saying, say that. I, Cause I've always yeah. thought, you know, I think it's kind of a similar skill set. It is Absolutely. You have to be organized. You have to, you know, um, manage difficult situations, whether, you know, very different situations, but in, in, in different ways, like, you know, wrangling real housewives and publicists on a red carpet, getting yelled at, and then yeah. like, you know, figuring out how to, um, you know, market this, this drug or market this, uh, this, this clothing and figure out how to, you know, connect with the audience, Yeah, you know, tell a story. Yeah, yeah. So I'm curious then, going off of that, like this strategic sabbatical that you're taking, can yeah. you share a little bit about yeah. that? It's the best decision I ever made. I'm so proud of her. I'm so proud of her. I'm so proud. Uh, well, uh, you know, I, I I found my way into retail, and while I love retail, you know, doing retail for eight plus years in a um, in a role that was just nonstop, like always on. I just mentally, I, um, I started kind of getting sick. Like, and I, Mm. I didn't know what it was at the time that it was just all stress related. I thought, you know, I I had a lot on my plate, uh, you know, working crazy hours and then juggling the kids. Like I just, I just didn't think about it. I didn't focus on myself first. And then like looking back and now having done that, I, feel better. I'm happier. Like it's, it has been a game changing moment for me. It was a difficult decision. Um, Can you walk us through that? I'm sorry to cut you off, but I'm just curious, like my brain wants to know, like, how did you make this decision after doing all of the years that you were doing, you know, um, with e-entertainment and then, you know, the marketing stuff and then just deciding like, I'm going to take a little bit of a vacation break. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, honestly, um, I will say Raquel was a huge influence because she did take uh, not a sabbatical, but she had a, a, a job change. And just seeing how that impacted her and how much happier she was with that flexibility, that really motivated me to know like, okay, maybe there's something out there for me. And and then I had just gotten so bad in in a way that like, you know, with the pandemic and working from home, 
I was working almost double than I was working. Mm -hmm. Cause there's no boundaries, no Mm -hmm. boundaries. You know, you're always on and, 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 you know, being type a, I'm a workaholic. So I, I, I had a hard time saying no to things and I would just figure it out. You know, you figure it out. And, uh, um, you know, after figuring it out and realizing like, crap, I'm pulling like 80 hours a week and then family and, and like Sundays doing reporting. Like, what was I doing? I just finally like hit a wall and was like, I just need a change. I, I was, I was angry. I was not feeling good. Like I had this like pit in my stomach all the time. And I think looking back, it was just all the stress and the buildup, like emotion from it. Um, so I had to planfully talk to Andrew, my husband about like, okay, you know, he was super, he's always been a hundred percent supportive. Thank you, Andrew. Um, (laughs) in, in, you know, he would always even tell me before this, like years ago, like you, you don't need to, you know, we'll figure it out and everything. Um, and, and it was just one of those moments where I was like, I need to, I need to change. I want to focus on me. I want to do what makes me passionate and happy. And, um, that's spending more time with my kids. And that's also focusing on mom goal more. So we sat down, we, you know, went over the financial aspect of it, um, and talked through some situations and, and you know, what, what we might need to change to make that happen. And, um, that was it. And then once I like made that decision, you know, we, uh, we were fortunate to have, um, her name is Janice Scholl. She is, um, the host of the money career and motherhood podcast. And she has like, she has so much great information about taking strategic sabbaticals. So we were fortunate. It's, I, I mean, going back, I think like, sometimes it's like fate of like, she was a guest on our show at at the time that I was like going through this and she like helped me straight on. And it was just bizarre how that timing worked out, but so like meant to be. So her knowledge and, and information plus like Raquel has always been a cheerleader for me in, you know, pushing me in like the right direction and that I can do more and I can be happy and I can have this. Um, so yeah, that was really it. I don't, I don't, I hope I answered your question. Yeah. Sometimes I go on a tangent. <laughs> you know, one of the things I heard you say is that your stomach would sink, like when yeah. you would have to go, you know, start the next work week. And so many of us don't listen to that gut check. Like if you dread, yeah, you know, every week going to work, there's something wrong. Like, and yeah. your life doesn't have to be that. Like it, some people just accept these things. Like this is just the way, this is just the way my job is. This is the way all jobs are. No, it's not the way all jobs are. Right. Yeah. And and I think it's so important for listeners, you know, to really, and we talk about this and I talk with clients about this, but really checking in with yourself and mm-hmm. really identifying like, is what I'm doing in these different roles, these different hats that I'm wearing, is this something that is life sucking or is it life giving? How do I feel after it? And what I was also hearing, Kristen, you share is it was like, your plate was like overflowing. And so trying to figure out, you know, are these things that I want to keep on my plate? Or are these things on my plate truly giving me a stomach ache? Right? Exactly. Exactly. And it it was a tough, it was a very tough decision, but I don't regret it one bit. And, um, Heather, as you were saying, like, you know, realizing that like gut feeling, honestly, I don't know if I would have realized it if like we weren't in a pandemic, if like we didn't have this going on, I probably would still be suffering. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. like it really opened my eyes to, you know, something, something doesn't feel right here. While I love the place I worked, I love the people I worked with. It just wasn't, 
it wasn't making me happy anymore. It was instead hurting me. And, um, yeah, just making that, making that change. And, and now I, now I realize like, I'm not going to make that mistake again, where if I'd start Mm -hmm. to feel like that now, I, Mm -hmm. I know like, this isn't right. Like I'll, mm-hmm. I'll never do that again. It's also, you know, that brain and body connection really, you know, slowing down to acknowledge that. And then I'm also hearing like the support piece is so important that you did, mm-hmm. you know, have Raquel, who is a wonderful friend, kind of, you know, she had your back and she was pointing things out to you. And then yeah. it's also so crazy when we do slow down and we open our eyes that there are resources right in front of us that sometimes we wouldn't see that if we were just on autopilot, go, go, go. But when we slow down and we really look to see what, what, where our hearts leading us, resources just are available. Yeah, totally. amazing. So as far as motherhood, because I definitely want to get into the podcast, how do you feel as two highly motivated and career-driven women, how has motherhood affected your mental health? <laughs> oh, jeez. I mean, <laughs> they've turned me crazy. You got like, I just, they've turned me nuts. I mean, these children, I don't know, like, it, when I think of motherhood, it is just the range of emotions, right? Like the highest highs when they're so sweet and so like, mo- like Rin will just say randomly, like, you're a great mom and you just melt, right? But then, as I said, as I'm scrubbing marker off the full body of my two-year-old, you know, I'm like, what the hell? Like, so it's just maddening and also like majestic. So it's just (laughs) like a full range, a full range. It's amazing what two small children can do in a day. Like my house destroyed downstairs, just destroyed. And I even told Kyle, I'm like, I'm going to try and clean up. He's like, why bother? Like, why bother? Why bother? Because it's (laughs) they just just destroy everything. So I, I joke, it's like brushing your teeth eating Oreos. Like, that's how it is all day. Yeah. I used to call it, I used to call it vacuuming in a tornado. Just like, you're just there. It's just, you know, why? Why am I bothering? Yeah. Yeah. But I will, I will say, I really, until I was in it, like, I couldn't, I apologized. So my, my two best friends, Whitney and Jade, had kids earlier than I did, a lot earlier. And, until it happens to you, you do not know how hard it is. And I called as soon as I had a baby, like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Like, I judged you and, like, wondered why you were so tired or, like, complained. And, and you don't know until you're in it. But I will say, like, because of motherhood, I've formed closer bonds with them. I've formed closer bonds. Kristen, you know, has been an amazing friend moving to Ohio because we're all, we're in it. We're in it together and you're kind of commiserating and bouncing ideas off of each other. Like, you know, I'm like, Oh, this potty training tip. She's like, Oh, well, if you got it, tell me because we can't, you know, keep him from going in the crib. So it's just, it's such a bonding thing too. Um, so, so yeah, for me, motherhood has completely changed my entire life. But I think, you know, being a type A control freak, I just got to roll with it. 
and I got to like pick and choose my battles. Um, it's so hard. It's, it is It's, it's easy to say like, oh, I'm just going to go with it and be flexible. But then like internally that dialogue and like it takes more strength for me to let messes go, like walk away from the mess than yeah. it like it's crazy. Yeah, it's it's so difficult. I mean, Kristen, you know, too. Yeah, I, I always say um, I don't, these are. I haven't seen this commercial in a while, but have you ever seen the Sour Patch Kids commercial mm-hmm. where it's like this, it, it's like they destroy something, but then they give you like a sweet hug. That's how I feel like the kids are. Like it's just, they're sweet and then they're sour. And yeah, I mean, it's been tough. And with the pandemic, it's been even tougher because, yeah. you know, you're all stuck yeah. inside with each other. Yeah. And so my mental health has, it's been, it's been a challenge for sure. Raquel got me meditating, so that's helpful. <laughs> <laughs> that's been helping. Um, <laughs> I kind of, uh, I know to like take take some time out yeah. for myself, do some breathing, do mm-hmm. some like, uh, what it, Tara showed us, some like straw breathing. Like, just breathe like, yeah. breathing straw. Or the square um, breathing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the meditation's been great. Um, that's helped me out. Um, I think just being able to, just kind of laugh, honestly, like just if you can laugh, laugh, because gosh, it's hard. And I hate to tell you ladies, it it doesn't get easy. Like mine mine are what 19 and 20. I can't keep track if he's 23 or 24. (laughs) Some mother I am, but like the other day, my daughter was telling me like, you know, when I was in middle school and high school, you were the cool mom. And I was like, oh no. Could you have told me that then? You were kind of a jerk. Like, I can't now you tell me? Like, come uh, on. Like, it's just they're just it's exhausting. Like it is. It's yeah. it's, but, it's it intellectually, physically, yes. you know, everything. So yeah. But I try I try to stay present as much as I can, yeah. even in the bad, even in the bad, in the good. Because it's like, I always tell myself, little kids, little problems, big kids, big problems. So like, yeah. just be in it, you know, be yeah. in it and do do the best you can. <laughs> well, and we're, you're a new parent at every age and stage of your child. Mm-hmm. And so even though you've had, we've, we all have multiples. So like, even though you've already had a six month old or you've had a one year old, you've never had, like, I have never had a two year old with a, another one year old. Mm-hmm. Right. Or like, so even though one thing works for one kid, it doesn't work for the other. Mm-hmm. And I I just feel like just as we're raising these kids, we're raising ourselves. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. For sure. I love that. Oh, yeah. We just had on Mongol coming up in February. She was amazing. Kiara Townley. She's a spiritual counselor. So we mm-hmm. got like chakra. We went, we like got all of our energy like tested and talked about. But she brought up an amazing point that um, our kids are our biggest teachers, you know, mm-hmm. even though we think, oh, we have to teach them. Yeah. They are our biggest teachers. And mm-hmm. it's true. It, yeah. It's so really true. true. So because motherhood is obviously a season we are all in and we will continue to be in for the rest of our lives, mom goal. Like I want to hear more about mom goal. I feel like, as I said, I kind of talked about how it came to be. Um, 
And then it just came to this, listen, I, I don't listen to podcasts. I'm going to be honest. I don't listen to them. I ain't got time. I don't have it. I don't, I, I just don't have time. So mom go came out of, um, we did a survey of different moms and the, uh, the astounding thing, we don't, there's not enough time in the day. So that's the point of mom goal. How do we give like tips, tools, resources to people in a short amount of time, um, that they can fit into their busy schedule. So that's kind of how it came to be. And as Kristen said, I feel like guests that just kind of randomly come in and out, whether it's through like a business school we were in or a friend of a friend, Kristen, (laughs) Kristen finds like the characters we joke. Like (laughs) I'm telling you these doctors we've had on that, like uh, Kristen's like The the best. I mean, like, and and we're learning so much from these people and we're putting it into practice into our life, you know, whether it's, you know, Dr. Smiler talking to us about the vitamins and Dr. Smiler, you know, when I said my husband had a, he had his gallbladder removed in hernia surgery on New Year's Eve. And Dr. Smiler is like, get Kyle on the phone with me. I need to look at his blood work, you know, and now Kyle's on <laughs> Kyle's on kelp and mushroom pills and like he's on all this stuff, but it's cool. It's cool when your podcast affects your life and makes it better. And so mm-hmm. that's what I like about what we're doing is it's, it's impacting my life and I, I hope that it will others too. Well, and just, you know, going off of what you were saying earlier, like our kids are our biggest teachers, right? Like part of this podcast too, is even having you guys on, like we learn from you guys. And so it's just this, this constant learning. And I think if we could normalize that more and as I, all of us here, I'm now realizing we're all type A's. And so this perfectionistic (laughs) tendencies and just go, go, go. Like if we can just really allow ourselves to create that narrative in our mind that life is a constant journey. And rather than trying to perfect the route, just go with it. Learn yeah. as you go. Embrace Love those it. detours. Embrace, you know, the the flat tire and just pull up your bootstraps and figure it out as you go. That's right. That's right. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, so I wanted to relay the, a couple of questions to know and setting boundaries, if that's okay, since that's yeah. kind yeah. of our, our yeah. deal. That's what you so. do. That's what you do. On the hard no Love it. <laughs> so um, a couple of, you know, we talked about some of the topics you cover and we, you regularly discuss finances and self-care. And so like, how would you say setting boundaries or saying no factor into those topics that you cover or like your mindset as far as, you know, how to be a mom goal? I think it's being aware. Um, Finances. I think we all can find ourselves when we're like, I'm not going to check that app on my phone because I don't want to know what it's going to show me. You know what I mean? We're like avoiding. And so I think You just got to be aware and you have to face your spending. You can't hide from it. You have to face even your financial situations head on. Um, A big thing that we've learned from a lot of our experts, boundary wise, you know, when you think, oh God, I have to talk finances or I have, you know, we have to have these monthly financial meetings by setting boundaries on spending, it allows you to freely like 
spend, if that makes sense, because you, you're in a, you're not worrying about it. You're not worrying things. um, I think it was Crystal who said like, kids need structure, money needs structure. And that always rang true to me. So set boundaries financially that allow you to live. Don't just, you know, I'm just not going to look at it. You know, it's, you have to, you have to set boundaries um, and be on the, on the same page there. And same thing with self-care. I think when you feel yourself heading into that rut, right? Before we can get too far down, as we've not acknowledged saying something feels off, something doesn't feel right. Let me tend to it. Let me set boundaries. My plate is too full. Um, How do I unpack and take things off? So Mm -hmm. I think it's being aware. And as as far as that financial piece too, it's just so interesting um, because we all have different narratives that we grew up with around money. And so you have two people that are creating a life together, a partnership that if you don't have those, that financial understanding and complete um, communication, it is one of the leading causes to divorce is finances trumps all stressors. So I think that's a really important topic. And especially I love that you're empowering women to educate themselves on that, because I feel like sometimes society has trained us to the finances has been more of the male role. Um, And so I love women being educated on that. Agree. On a recent podcast, you talked about, I think it was Kristen, I think you were talking about reframing rejection. And and you said, you know, when you get a no, no means next. And I loved that. I thought that was so great. It's like it eliminates, (laughs) okay, I don't have to worry about that moving on. You know, I can. So I just wanted to talk to you about that for a minute, because we talk about saying no and setting boundaries, but we haven't talked that much about getting a no and like not, not internalizing it and feeling rejection. Like tell, tell us about your epiphany. I mean, rejections, it sucks. Like it's not good. (laughs) It's the worst, you know, but, um, but yeah, I, I mean, um, I, I shared my story. So when I was working at E, we had to go and do these like man on the street segments all the time where we had to go up to random strangers and ask them questions. Like, do you want to be part of the show? And, um, I was always the person that had to go up to strangers. It was, it got me out of my shell, definitely, but I, I could never do one. that. That just sounds <laughs> so terrifying. Uh, on the one, I, I had to carry this giant head around and ask people to ask the head a question. And it, it's, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, thinking back, it's like, it sounds crazy. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, uh, I, I was trying to find a picture of it too. Like it was a massive head of one of our, like, um, uh, her name was Kristen Veach or Kristen DeSantos. So she is like a TV personality, always talked about TV shows. So it was asking her a question about certain TV shows. So I had to go and find people and some people were lovely and some people were just not nice. Like they were <laughs> I <bet>. mean. <laughs> and, you know, it, 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 it hurts sometimes to get, you know, it's, it's bad enough for people to say like, oh, you know, no, no, no. But when they say like other things, it's not very nice. So I... I found myself like, how do I, I have to do this for my job. So what can I do to make this experience better for me personally? And that's when in my head I developed, okay, no means next. If you say no, you're not worth my time. Sorry. I'm going to find somebody else who will do it. And, and that's kind of 
where I've, I've taken that principle onto so many other things because, you know, unfortunately rejection is always going to be there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you have that positive outlook of turning it into like, okay, this wasn't meant to happen now, but there's something better coming down the road, then it's, it's a better experience. It's a better feeling. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that's my whole, uh, no means next. And, and, and side note, I always try, you know, when you're, it's been a long time since I've been to the mall, but even when you get like approached by people and you, you oh, right. kind of like, I always remember I, I used to be the approacher. So I always remember <laughs> like, Oh no, thank you. Thank you so much. Have a great <laughs> yeah, day. You know, sure. always remember mm-hmm. kindness. Like, kindness, kindness is yeah. key. Kindness yeah. is yeah. key. Yeah. 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 Yes. And I think for Kristen, she's been such a champion for me, just as I always like push her, I'm the pusher and everything, right? Like, (laughs) just go for it, just do it. But Kristen has been great with her rejection and giving me, you know, in my writing career, oh, dear God, it's just a constant like, no, 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 you know, you just get so used to it. And so, you know, her perspective on that really helped me um, with my latest uh, writing, um, what I'm taking on, she's helped me so much, but I, I think us were like, want to normalize rejection. And even for my kids, um, Sarah Blakely of Spanx, I do this with my children. Her dad would ask what they failed at, at school that day. And so I asked my kids, I'm like, how was your day? What was your highlight? What did you fail at? And they'll say, you know, I don't know if they fell off the balance beam or something, but I Mm -hmm. think to normalize failure, right? Because failure means you put yourself out there, right? And also it's a great teacher, right? It's a great teacher. When you fall off that balance beam, you know, you did something wrong. So you have to figure it out and figure figure out how to do it right. Well, and that's, that's all that growth mindset is, you know, failure, fail, first attempt in learning. And then also I've always heard Kristen and I love the, you know, no means next, but I always heard like rejection is just redirection. And so that has been something that has always helped me because in in rejection, it's always going to sting. We're human. Nobody wants to feel that. But if we can shift our mindset into it being next or a redirection, it yeah. definitely lessens the blow. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Do you have a big goal for the podcast is, or is it just like this learning process? And do you have like big, um, aspirations and I heard you say community develop a community do you have any other goals coming up or projects coming up related to the podcast do you want me to start Raquel and yeah and pop in yeah. okay so our big goal for 2021 and beyond for mom goal is always focusing on mom you know our the reason we created this was to help mom you know we're learning something new every day we're bettering our lives we hope that we're helping and in impacting moms and women out there, even anybody out there. I mean, I have, we, I have a couple of friends that are not moms, but they listen to it with their husband and they get these tips too. And that's why we're focusing on, you know, the physical, financial and emotional snackable segments that you can easily digest because as Raquel mentioned, we don't have the time to, you know, read all the books about personal finance and to read what vitamins to take. Like, Honestly, for me, I need handholding. I need somebody to tell me you should do this and look into this or this is the best option. Like I like um, having that 
information at hand. And so our goal is to grow with always a focus of helping mom, um, you know, put herself first so she can be better for everyone around her. Uh, the community aspect is it, it essentially will hopefully come with growth um, and knowing that we can reach reach more people. And uh, we have really crazy big goals, you know, that we want to achieve someday. But honestly, right now, it's just how can we, you know, find mamas out there that want this information? Um, how can we give this information in an easy, digestible way and help other people? Um, that is like the ultimate goal of mom goal. And I mean, I, I think the sky is the limit and I'm really hopeful that it'll continue to grow. And, you know, you just never know what can happen. And it's, it's helped me tremendously. I mean, getting me out of my shell and, um, also taking better care of myself. Like, I feel great now. I don't have that like stress weighing on me. I'm taking better care of myself, drinking more water. Um, and you know, it's impacting a lot of my family and friends too. So that's kind of my take. I don't know, Raquel, if you want to, I mean, you got some other things going on your side. Yeah. I think in addition to that, we really just want to be a one-stop shop that make, uh, moms and women's lives easier. So we would love to form a preferred partner network. Um, say you're a mom going through postpartum depression. It's like, okay, who does mom recommend that I talk to? And not just a therapist, but, you know, different types of ways to deal with that. And, and that way, or I need this financial advisor, like who do I entrust? And so it's just a place for resources and partnerships where we can say, we got you, girl, like we got you do this, you know, it just removes the hassle of the unknown. And we trust people, therefore, we entrust them to you. So that's the ultimate goal. And I have been a huge, um, I've been listening since you guys started. And Raquel, when you told me about this, I was just so excited. And I will say listeners, I mean, stop what you're doing, go and follow them, make sure that you're listening. And I love Kristen, the way that you described it, like those, those um, snack size, you know, segments, because it truly that's what it is. We talk about this a lot. Heather and I talk about this. I talk to clients about this brain fatigue, decision fatigue is like a real thing. And so just being able to, um, you know, take those 15 minutes, get some information, it's not too overwhelming, but it does start, um, you know, get those those wheels turning. And so I think what you guys are doing is amazing. And, you know, any way that we can support you and listeners support them, let's just keep this babes empowering babes and moms <laughs> yeah. supporting moms. Just right. keep it going. That's right. <laughs> Love it. Totally. We always like to ask if there was any last golden nugget or piece of advice that you could give our listeners, what would it be? Gosh. Do you want me to go no first? No pressure. Because, <laughs> because this is something that, um, you know, before even mom goal, but I mean, when mom goal was still like a passion project in the background. This was something that um, Dr. Donna, who was on her show told me, she's like, you need to take time for yourself. Like, and I still, I thank her for that because she really opened my eyes to like, we need me time. And then that's kind of the premises behind mom goal is like, we need that me time. We need that time to put ourselves first and it's okay. We're going to be better off our family. Everything's going to be so much better if we start focusing a little bit on ourselves 
and making sure that we have that me time, whether it's, you know, listening to your podcast or, um, you know, talking with a girlfriend or watching Bravo, which is, hello, I love Bravo. Like just those things, <laughs> you need that me time to, um, we, we, we all need that me time. I think it's just so important. I think for me, um, the biggest tip I can give is just to go for it. Whatever idea or thought that you have that you've always wanted to explore, go for it. Um, I, I really am big on Mongol about defining your own definition of success. I feel like, especially as moms, I can remember my, my best friend who had kids ahead of me. She ended up staying home with her kids and then she homeschooled her, her family, which hardest thing you'll ever do. Right. But she felt less than, um, going to dinners with girlfriends who were saying, oh, I could never stay home with my kids or, and, and I think we just all have to set what our definition of success is for us. You know, if it's my best friend, then it's being the best homeschool mom that she can be. That's what innately makes her happy. That's your definition of success. For me, climbing the ranks um, and being the next CEO of my company, that that wasn't success in the corporate world for me. That didn't spark joy for me. That I was like, I don't care how much money you give me. Like, I'm out. I don't want to do this. So I think you just have to Think about what gives you joy, what you're passionate about, and don't compare it to others. To set your definition of success and, and, and that's it. Don't worry about anybody else. Do it based on what makes you happy. And I love both of your responses. I feel like I was a bobblehead, just like nodding yes. and nodding and nodding. Yes, but, agree. <laughs> but it's the reality is each of you, each person, listeners out there, like you are the expert of you. Only you know what self-care looks like for you. Only you know what that narrative and you have the pen in your hand and you get to decide. No one else gets to decide. You get to decide what you want these next pages to be. For sure. I love it. it. Ladies, thank you so much for having us on. It was like a nice little girl chat. Yes. Thank you for for joining us. Thank you so much. It It was a pleasure, you guys. And be sure, I want to know where can people find you? So you can find us um, in any podcast platform. Just search Mom Goal. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook um, at Mom Goal. And uh, we'll be on Clubhouse every Monday, starting in February. So every Monday night, we're gonna we're gonna chat just with girlfriends there. So you can find us on Clubhouse. Um, yeah. So and what is Clubhouse? I'm not familiar, and oh, maybe I new, should. Yeah, yeah. It's a new social platform that's all audio. Okay. Right. Yeah. Is that right? I'm I'm, I'm hesitating is. joining in. Uh, you know. L- l- being honest, Kristen and I, not the biggest fans of social media. It it takes a lot for us. I feel like that's been the hardest part. The podcast has been super easy to talk and talk about our feelings, but yeah. social is really hard for us to put ourselves out there. Like I don't yeah. like, I don't like to take a selfie. It's I just don't enjoy it. I've never taken a good one. <laughs> I don't know how people take good selfies. Like I, I we're just not very good at it. So, yeah. um, 
you know, it's difficult, but Clubhouse, all audio, so we can get down with that. Um, right now it's like invite only, you have to get an invite. I don't know. So we're just going to use it as a place to chat with girlfriends every Monday night, set our mom goal mindset for the week and use it as the time to just like chat, powwow, hang out. That's the way we're looking at it. That sounds like a lot of fun and a good use for that platform. It's like live, it's like live podcasting, Sarah. People can like converse back to you, not just listen. Got it. Got it. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, thank you again, ladies. I know it's late, this recording, but we're moms, so we got to do what we got to do. So, um, but thank you again so much. Listeners, you're going to want to, again, follow them on social as well as, um, you know, listen in on their Mom Goal 15-minute podcast. That's right. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Bye. 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 Special thanks to Rihanna Carusis of Collective Reach and the Social Distance Happy Hour podcast, who inspired and challenged us to start this podcast and helped us produce our first episode. Thanks also to our families and friends for all their encouragement and support, and to you, our listeners, for joining us on this adventure. That's a Hard No is a joint production of Clever Girl Marketing and purposeful growth and wellness. Logo design by Angela Giacco of A Pink Sunset. You can find her at apinksunset.com. Music by G.G. Riggs. Until next time, thanks for listening. And remember, saying no isn't just okay. Saying no is the key to living an authentic, fulfilling life. So do it. Find your no, then say it unapologetically. That's a hard no. Welcome to the Bravery Academy. My name is Emma Ferris and I'm your host. This podcast is crafted to share the stories of courageous individuals who've overcome adversity and found the courage to live their best lives. We'll explore the science of well-being, courage and connection and interview top thought leaders, game changers and survivors. And it's from these stories that we learn what resilience is, how to heal, how to recover and how to be brave.